What is the HOPE scale? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. David Feldman, Assistant Professor of Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara University and co-author of the End of Life Handbook and many articles on his research regarding hope. Dr. Feldman, welcome back to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. Tell us about C.R. Snyder's hope theory. Well, you know, historically in psychology and psychiatry, there's been a lot of debate about what hope is. And people have debated, is it more of a feeling? Is it a belief? What exactly is it? Well, Rick Snyder, C.R. Snyder, um, a good friend and a mentor of mine, he recently passed away a couple of years ago of cancer. He really went back to the drawing board. About 20 years ago, he said, I'm just going to start over. I'm not going to debate all that stuff. And I love telling stories about Rick. He was one of these wacky professors who, you know, his shirts weren't ironed and his hair was messed up. And he loved to stop people on campus, students. And he'd just like drag them to the side and he'd say, you don't know me or anything. I know I I seem kind of strange, but tell me how you think. (laughs) And he would ask people these questions in all seriousness. And in studying Hope, he took this same approach. He actually went to community leaders informally, pastors, business leaders, and said, Give me a list of people who you think are the most hopeful people you know. And then he interviewed these people, and he asked them, how do you think? And what he found out is that they all shared three things in common. And he called these things goals, pathways, and agency. Goals are probably pretty similar to what you think. They're anything that a person wants to do, get, be, experience, create in life. And people who are hopeful people tend to have lots of these in lots of areas of their life. And these aren't just businessy sort of goals like get an A in school or get ahead in my job. They're things like I want to deepen my relationship with God. I want to deepen my love relationships with people. I want to find meaningful things in life. And people who are hopeful have these goals. Secondly, there is this component of hope called pathways or sometimes It's called way power. It's kind of a cheesy name, but it's a good way to talk about it with clients, patients. Pathways is basically a belief in one's ability to find ways to get to your goals. It's it's an ability to plan. And turns out people who are high in hope usually have more than one of these for any one goal, that they have lots of ways that they've imagined to get to their goal. And so all of us in life encounter obstacles to our goal. Well, people high in pathways can get around these obstacles and are pretty creative in doing that. And the third component, the third thing that makes for a hopeful person is agency, or sometimes Rick called it willpower. And I don't like the name willpower because for me it conjures images of me being on a diet and having to grin and bear it and get through it and all the pain that's associated with that. But willpower or agency in this context really means motivation. Having the motivation to go after your goals, to put your pathways in motion, to pursue your hopes. And it turns out this comes from hopeful people having particular habits of thought that they've developed over the years. These are just habits, habits of thinking things like, I know this goal is really hard, but I think I can do it. Or, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I can't hurt to try. These kinds of habits of thought 
tend to push people toward achieving their goals. It reminds me a little bit of the children's book, you know, The Little Engine That Could, with the engine going up the hill saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And it's a little bit cheesy, but I think it's a great lesson for kids. And I think as we grow older, we often forget that that's really important. So goals, pathways, and agency, these three things are, I think, what Rick discovered makes people hopeful, makes them feel hopeful, and actually makes them more likely to construct meaningful lives. What is the hope scale? Well, this is a measure. It's a very brief psychological test of these components. It's eight items, eight items, each of which you rate on a scale from one to eight. And it's very brief. It takes five minutes for a person to take. This is what most of our research is on. The neat thing is, is it gives you scores for both pathways and agency. And this is incredibly useful. When I worked with spinal cord injured patients, they often, after the injury, motor vehicle accident or the like, they're paralyzed, paraplegic, quadriplegic, and they don't have a lot of hope. But there are two distinct ways to be low in hope. I mean, one of them is you meet these people who are low in agency but high in pathways people who kind of know what they need to do. They have a plan. They understand how rehab works, but they're low in agency. They can't motivate themselves. They don't have those habits of thought of saying, I think this is going to work. And those are different than the group of people who are high in agency, but low in pathways. That is, they've got a lot of motivation, but they just can't see a plan. They can't see a way out. They can't construct these pathways. And so I worked with the physicians, the nurses, social workers, certainly the physical therapists and occupational therapists, to try to understand which of these ways of being hopeless or low in hope these patients are and trying to target whatever our interventions are, our physical interventions, our medical interventions, to those particular ways of being low in hope. This can be really informative. Can you give us a brief summary of those eight points on the HOPE scale? Sure. I'll just give you a few of them. There are things like, if I find myself in a jam, I could think of many ways to get out of this jam. That comes from, that's a pathways question. It's saying we all encounter obstacles in our lives. And people who are high in pathways say, yeah, they give that an eight. That's definitely true. I could find many ways to get out of a jam. I energetically pursue my goals. That's an agency question, right? It's saying that you have that motivation to pursue your goals. There are lots of ways around any problem that I face. Again, that's a pathways question. It's saying, are there ways you can get around problems? My past has prepared me well to achieve the goals in my future. Uh, An agency question. This is one of the things that Rick discovered that lots of high hope people say to themselves is, you know what? My past has prepared me well. I've achieved goals in the past. I can do this in the future. I can think of many ways of achieving the things in life that are important to me. Again, a pathways question saying, I can come up, I can envision different ways of doing this. So those are just some of the items on the hope scale. And I think what those are are the kinds of thoughts that hopeful people habitually think to themselves. And these are things we can teach patients to think. I mean, these are simply habits of mind that certainly psychotherapists can work with patients to develop. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. David Feldman, Assistant Professor of Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara University and co-author of the End of Life Handbook, discussing his research regarding hope. Dr. Feldman, you make an analogy between hopeful thinking and a bricklayer constructing a building. Tell us more. This is an analogy that I often use with my patients. If you think about life, what we're doing is we're trying to construct the most meaningful one we can. And I think a meaningful life, just like a building is constructed of bricks and mortar, a meaningful life is constructed of goals. And we do it one goal at a time just like we construct a building one brick at a time. And we've talked about how hope really is about goals, that in order to have hope, we need something to hope for, a goal. And hope is also the process by which we are inspired and motivated to go after our goals. Essentially, hope is like a bricklayer. Its job is to help us to take our goals and cement them into place as we construct meaningful lives. And and certainly that's what we find in our research, that following people over time, the people who are more hopeful and more hopeful about their particular goals tend to achieve those goals more often. And when we look at the relationship between hope and a meaningful life, we find that these are very strongly related. The people who are hopeful thinkers routinely, consistently say, my life is more meaningful. I've managed to construct a meaningful life for myself. And this is a little like somebody constructing a building. I try to help my clients to do that, to both discover what the bricks are, what their most important goals are in life, and also to inspire the bricklayer, (laughs) that is to inspire hope within them. Tell us about false hope. That's an issue that comes up a lot. It's really an an inevitable issue in talking about hope. False hope is the notion that it can be damaging to get your hopes up. We all know that saying, don't get your hopes up. And I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I think what it means is that if there's something we really want and it's a really hard thing to get, that we're somehow better off not hoping about it because it'll hurt more if we fail. There is no research evidence to support this. I know it seems anecdotally to be the case to a lot of us, but there is no evidence to support this. You know, in in our medical system, we pride ourselves on offering evidence-based treatments, and yet this is a notion that is absolutely not evidence-based. And it's not because people haven't tried to research it. There is a lot of research trying to discover instances where hope is damaging. And to the best of my knowledge, they have not found it. What they have found is that hope feels good, that people who are hopeful feel less depressed, less anxious. Their lives feel more meaningful to them. They have greater self-esteem. So it seems like it's a little bit of a myth that people end up feeling worse if you have hope, if they have hope, and then they fail. And in our research, we're finding, for instance, that a lot of people who are in hospice care, who know they're dying, still have, for instance, the hope for cure. About 25% of people in our sample still say, yeah, I'm hoping to be cured. That hope's a little different because they say, I, I know I'm not, quote unquote, curable, but I still hope for a cure. And I think 
our inclination as providers is to say, oh my gosh, this person's in denial. Let's go in and tell them, oh, the fact is you're not going to be cured. But I really encourage people not to do that. That hope It's probably not a problem because it feels good to be hopeful. And as long as people also have other goals that are not false goals, that are not unrealistic, so at the end of life, as long as people are still doing what they need to do, making amends with estranged loved ones, telling people that they love them, apologizing for things that they've done badly, settling the practical matters they need to settle, having an unrealistic hope or two probably is comforting and not damaging. Dr. Feldman, thank you so much for joining us to discuss your research regarding hope. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD library. Thank you for listening.